All right. Well, let's, uh, let's do just a little bit of review. What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Question two, what is God? God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. That was a doozy, wasn't it? That one is so much jammed in there. All right, let's do last week's. How many persons are there in God? Did anybody take some time this week to try to memorize that one? I'll give you a quick glance. All right. We'll read it. To, oh, you did? You want to try it out loud? Yeah. All right, go ahead, Crusoe. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Great job. All right, and I didn't bring candy. I got to remember to get prizes here. Come on, get some candy. All right, let's do this. Let's read it together. How many persons are there in God? There are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Oh, that was, that was a, a deep one, and... and uh, Matt and I were talking last week that, man, you could spend several weeks just thinking through what are the implications. Donnie and I had a good conversation yesterday. One of the areas I didn't talk about that I'd love to talk about with the Trinity is while the Father, Son, and Spirit are equal in their character, in their power, in their abilities and glory, all of that, they all three have different roles. Those roles are not the same. Jesus, the Son, says, I always do what the Father tells me to do. The Spirit's job, we see, is to show us Jesus. It's not to make much of Spirit, but to make much of Jesus. That's the Spirit's job. And it really has some interesting practical implications for our lives. If the one who made and sustains the universe has all power and glory and is equal all three persons and yet in that godhead there's submission and following it makes sense when you look at our human relationships that god says there's an order that husbands are to lead and love their wives and the children are to follow right but does that deny at all that we are equal in who we are made in the image of god See, a lot of the world thinks when you hear about things like this word submission that it's, well, you're pushing down women. No, no, it's not that. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit have this kind of roles, and it reflects that's how we're to, to, to be. But they're, Jesus is equal with God. See that? We could talk more about that, but let's get into this week's. Before I hand out the, the handout, before I give it out, I want to ask you, what's the purpose of a microphone? Amplify your voice. To amplify your voice. Good. What's the purpose of a chair, Donna? To sit on. To sit on, right? Okay. What's the purpose of this 
thing. Oops. Okay. What's the purpose of this thing I'm holding in my hand? To not work. To not work. <laughs> right? It, it, it's designed to do one thing. It has a purpose. Now, um, okay, some things, can you do other things with a chair other than just sit on it? You can. Is it always, like, is that the, the best thing to stand on? Right? You, you should probably could use a ladder when you need to reach up for something. A chair is designed with a purpose. And when you're using that thing for its purpose, it works well. Right? What is your purpose? And this is an open-ended question. Wesley. To glorify God. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead. We'll go have a break. <laughs> We're done. Good job. You nailed it. All right. Expand on that. What's your purpose? Why do you exist? To tell others about God. To enjoy God, God, Matt says. Good. We're going to dig in to, that's what this fourth question is about. Okay? How and why did God create us? Let's read this out loud together. God created us, male and female, in his own image, to know him, love him, Live with him and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. Fantastic. All right. If I could get a couple volunteers, one on each side of the room to hand these out. Here you go. Someone on this side. Someone on this side. William. Oh, Josh. Thank you. All right, just for the memory's sake and working on this, let's read it together while they're passing those out. How and why did God create us? God created us, male and female, in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. All right, so... We're always asking the first question, what does this mean? Right? What does this mean? So I'm going to break down the phrases in the sentence, just like I do every week. What does it mean that God created? It means not evolution. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it means that God is the one who creates and makes us. We do not make ourselves. God creates God is the one who makes us. It says that God created us male and female. And we'll get to this in the why does this question matter? But it's not hard, folks. It's science. God made us male and female. Trust the science? (laughs) All right, let's try and not get controversial. (laughs) He made us different. He did make us different. And he made us, designed us together in this next part, in his own image. Now, for me to just explain that in five minutes is going to be very difficult. But let's just try to get a a little bit of a, a little bit of a picture of what this might be. So, children in the room... Have you ever seen a statue of a famous historical person, famous person from history? Yeah? 
<laughs> We've seen some being torn down. When you see a statue of someone famous, what, what's the purpose of that statue? To honor. To, honor, to, remember. to remember. Is it to honor and remember the statue? No. no. Like, <laughs> we've got, let's say that Matt, okay, just hold on, okay? <laughs> right? This is going to be awful. Matt drives home today and dies in a wreck. That's awful. Okay? It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. But for some weird reason, we thought it'd be great to make a statue of Matt. Just don't make it like one of those Greek ones. I need. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely want clothes on Matt. We would probably put Matt in that statue. What would be like the shirt? It'd be like a Mountain Dew or a Hawaiian shirt, right? And... And we would probably do it with maybe expressions of him teaching, right? And we'd look at that statue, and the whole point of the statue isn't just to honor, but that's part of it, to honor this pastor that was here, and to remember what he was like, to kind of give us a sense of what Matt was like. That's the whole point of statues like Abraham Lincoln, you look at them, they're not like expressionless. They tend to have a, a, an expression in it so that that statue points to the person. Okay? The, an image is meant to not be a thing in itself that we pay all attention to, but to help us see who it refers to. So like Abraham Lincoln. We've never met Abraham Lincoln. But we can see pictures and we can see statues and we start to remember him and the things he's done that were used by God for good reasons, right? Okay, that's kind of just a little bit of what it means when it says that God made us in his own image. It, we are meant to show who God is and what he's like in our life, in this world. We are meant to show God. That's what it means to be made in his image. Now, there's other things about image bearing that we could talk to. But given the last two catechism questions, second question was, like, who is God? What is God, right? And, ooh, eternal power, infinite perfections, a lot of things packed in there. Okay? Think about that. What is your God like? Tell me a few things that you can just remember from that question. You don't have it memorized, maybe. But what are some of the things that God is like? Denise. Loving. Yeah, that's actually not even in there, but that's another one. But that's, that, I mean, we're not confined to that question. What is God like? Powerful. Powerful. Creator. Creator. He's merciful. Self-sacrificing. Sustainer. Wesley. Eternal, exactly. Three. Forgiving. Three and one. Three and one. So we're bringing it now last week. So when you start thinking about all those things that God is, and now it says that we are made in his image, and the idea of image bearing is that we would somehow show others what that God is like. Now, can you show them 
that he's eternal through the way you live. That's kind of a tough one, right? Can you could use your words, right? To show and explain, try to talk about that, and that's a good thing, we should. But there's some characteristics of God that should definitely show up in the way we live. Like, what are some of the things that some of you said are things that God is like that we should be like because we're made in his image? What are some of the things? So, powerful is not one of them, although power is in some of our capabilities, but what are some of the things? Wisdom. Wisdom. Yes, exactly. Matt? As creator and sustainer of life, that's one of the things that we can do. We can, when people make things and develop things, we're not creating, but we have a version of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Jeff on display lately. Mm-hmm. This is nice. We have a new drone. <coughs> Mr. Jeff over here is image bearing by doing this. Not only did he create, now he didn't create by speaking, which would be pretty cool, right? But he also was involved in sustaining. In what way do you think, Jeff, Jeff, maybe make a comment about, if you're following the track with me, where I'm going here. You didn't just make a box that's musical. How is it also, is the thought of sustaining built into that? Is it just going to fall apart? Like, he built it, what were you going to say? To last. To last, right? He, he, it's heavy, too. I mean, that's, I hadn't touched that thing yet, but that's, that's definitely not the uh, Amazon special <laughs> that I bought for one other church I was at. It's built in a way that it can be sustained, and so as an image bearer, there may be some things down the road if he really wants that creation to be sustained, he may have to do some maintenance and care for it. That's image bearing. What's another characteristic of God that shows up in us because we're made in his image? I was wanting someone to say that. Forgiving. What were you going to say, Abby? Showing others Christ. Showing others Christ would be forgiving. Right? Okay. God made us male and female. He made the animals male and females too, right? But he doesn't say he made us in his, made them in his image. Does your dog forgive you? Now, don't get, get, don't, now, I know you may have kicked him the other day and he seems to forgive you. (laughs) That's not forgiveness, right? That's really not forgiveness because it's not on the dog's brain coming up. When someone hurts you, and you choose to forgive them, the next day, or even within the same day, you're tempted to be angry at them. And you have to go through this mental soul-wrenching exercise of forgiving, choosing to forgive. Your dog doesn't do that. Your dog lives for its purpose that God made it. And he, they, they carry out that purpose perfectly. Right? Those cicadas that come out every 17 years. Isn't that bizarre? There's no way that evolved. But they are doing what they're made for their purpose. That God made them. We have an, ex- like an elevated purpose because we're meant to show others God. So the fact that you forgive, or should be, right? to the extent that we're doing these things, you're now image-bearing. Making 
Christ, God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, known. Okay, I want to just read to you a quote because in, in, um, at the top of your thing, there's a, under the review, it says music and devotion with catechism. There's a hyperlink there. There's a URL. You could go to that. It's the same catechism, but it's a different site that's hosting it. And on there are two things. For each question that's on there, there's a song to help you memorize the, 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 the question. And you can download it as well. It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit download and it saves an MP3 on your phone so you can listen to it offline. Um, and it, it is written for children, but I listened to it this morning. It's catchy. I like listen to it multiple times and it helps you memorize. Second thing on there is the devotion that's also in the app. Um, and that devotion this, for this question is written for this question by John Piper. And in there, he really does a great job of explaining this image bearing thing. And kids, this may go over a little bit over your head, but I think you'll catch the, the gist of it. And adults, this is, this is fantastic. He, he says in there, we want to, th- hold on, before you read that. Okay, what he's trying to a- answer is, okay, I'm made in God's image. What does that mean? What does that look like for me to bear his image? What does that really mean for me in real life? It's getting at the why does it matter question, but read what he says. We want to think and live and act and speak in such a way that we draw attention to the manifold, that means many, perfections of God. All right, just think about that. Our, our second question listed some perfections in God. We are meant to think and live and act and speak in such a way that we draw attention to the fact that God is this way. Wisdom, truth, justice, all of that. And I think the way we do that best is by being totally satisfied in those perfections ourselves. Meaning, find your fulfillment. You're not hungering for all this other stuff. You're hungering for these things of God to be in you and reflected in you. They mean more to us oof, than money and more to us than fame and more to us than sex or anything else that might compete for our affections, the things that we love. That's what our affections mean. And when people see us valuing God that much and his glory being that satisfying They see that he is our treasure. Show me more is what they want to say. When they get to know you, they know you as a different person. And I think that's what it means to glorify God by being in his image. Lots there we could talk about. Let's go on to the next part of the phrase. So it says, made us in his image, male and female, and gives us four purposes. Okay, so you're made in his image. Now here's the purpose. We talked about the purpose of the microphones, the magnified sound. The purpose of a human being is to know him, to love him, to live with him and glorify him. So what do we mean by knowing him? Matt, what did you say? Give us that same illustration you gave us last week about your wife. You remember that? Yeah, just this idea of, well, if I come to my wife and I just try to figure her out in order for what I can get out of it, that's not really knowing her and she can see right through that. 
you know. Yeah. There's something, and anybody that's been married for a long time knows, like when you start to know who somebody is, it's more than just how they respond and how they, I mean, it's just, it's hard to put words to. That, that's, that's perfect. In fact, I got a great illustration yesterday. Okay. Let's see if I can keep my recording going here. My wife and I have been married for 25, we're in our 25th year right now. Yeah, we're really thankful for that. So Donnie and William and I are driving back from Lafayette yesterday, and I'm driving. So Donnie's helping me be safe by answering some text messages for me <laughs> from my wife. And I, as soon as he started doing it, I thought, oh, man, this could get awkward real fast. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Okay, so she asks me a, a technical question about something on the computer, like, what does this mean? Took a picture of it. And I said, hey, Donnie, can you do that, you know, answer that, and tell her to skip, please. So he says, skip, please. Um, and then she had asked, does it mean it's going to reboot? He says, probably not, sweetie. <laughs> and, and Audrey says, sweetie? This must be Donnie. <laughs> And she goes, no, he goes, no, this is your husband. And she says, or Will, because Will was with us in the car. And he goes, no, darling, it's the love of your life. <laughs> and she says, you never call me sweetie. Now, now don't, no, I don't, it's going to sound awful, like I'm some kind of bad husband. Um, but sweetie, you're the best thing in my life, he says. <laughs> And she says, you're just making me doubt your identity all the more. <laughs> now, why? Why could she do that? She knows me. Right? If there's anything I know about God in the midst of a trial, I know that he's good. How can I know that? Because I know him. Not just from what he said. I know what he's done. I know what he's done in my life. He's saved me. I know him. If he says something, like I'm reading the word and it, some kind of thought comes to my brain that seems so weird, I can know that's not his voice because I know him. And I know he would not say something contrary to what he tells us about himself. Right? Matt, you had your hand up. Well, I was going to add, I, I know that anybody in here that's been spend any time with charity and counseling that she's given, one of her favorite things to bring up is don't try to understand what God is doing. Seek first to understand who he is. And then you see those things. Because if you're just trying to figure out what he's doing, so this thing happens in your life or this other thing happens and you're like, what in the world? And you're trying to figure that out. But if you start by just, what are the things that I know about God? And like you just said, like, I know he's good. So if you, if you start with those things that you know about him and say, okay, this thing that he's doing, I don't quite understand, but it must be good. Yeah. He's good. Exactly. It, change, it starts to change everything. It changes everything. This is what you're made for. You're made to know God. Isn't that kind of astounding to think about for a second? The one who created all things. The one who, inside of an atom, you have new, the, the nucleus. Mm -hmm. And you got inside the nucleus those, uh, I'm going to mess this up. The protons and neutrons, and then you got electrons, and somewhere they're all swirling around together. The God who made that, and every single one of those is making that dance happen all the time. Never stopping. You're made to know him. Not know just facts about him, 
but to know him. That's mind-blowing. Okay, to love him. You're made not just to know him, but to love him, to enjoy him, and to live with him. Think about this. You're made to literally be with God, to dwell with God, literally and physically. Now, we've got a problem that we're going to get to in the future questions because God is physically not walking among us right now. The son did for a little bit. That's why John 1 says, we've seen his glory. Glory is of the only father. And then it says that he dwelt with us, that God lived with us. And you're made to physically be with him. And the eternal punishment for messing things up that we're going to get into the future question is that you don't get to fulfill that purpose. You don't get to live with it. Whatever hell is, it means that you don't get to live with God forever. That's what it means when it says you're made to be with him. And then finally to glorify him. And I think that quote from John Piper helped us see. It's made to make him look great. Our kids had this um, book of, of songs as a kid. Uh, it was a little hymn book. It had old choruses and things like that. And we had a CD of it. And they would explain hard phrases from a hymn before they would sing it. And I remember the one that says, to give God glory, that they answered that so simply. Like, what does it mean? It's like, sounds like Christianese words. Well, it simply means to make him look great. It may, means to make him look great. That's what they said. I'm like, oh, that's really simple. If I want to make me look great, that's giving me the glory. If I want to make someone else look great, I'm giving them the glory. Well, you're made to give God the glory. Okay, so where do we get all this from? Let's read this together, and then we'll look at a couple of passages. How and why did God create us? God created, read with me, male and female in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. All right. So where do we get this from? All those things I just said are not just theology that I made up from hanging out with other pinheads that like to think about these kinds of things. These things matter. They come from God's word. So just four, five, I can't count, five examples from scripture. Where do we get this? So who has Genesis one twenty seven printed out? Kathy, go ahead and read that out loud. It's right there, right in that one little verse, is that phrase, God created, and man, when he says that, because of what the rest of the sentence says, you can understand that it means mankind. He made mankind in his image, and then it says how he made mankind in his image, male and female. Male and female, right there, from the, right from the beginning. And then in that idea of knowing God. Who has John 17, 3? Go ahead, Abby. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John's, Jesus says in his, his prayer, his high priestly prayer, before he's taken away to the garden, goes to the garden to be taken away to be sacrificed, he prays this and says, 
His desire for us, for his people, is that they would know him, his father, to know himself, to know the spirit. That's what you're made to, and it says it right there, flat out. Give you a couple of other references you could look up sometime. They're on your handout. But we're also made to love him. Where does it say that in the Bible? Who has Deuteronomy 6.5? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That says right there in the Bible, this is why you exist, because God says that you're to love him. All right? Am I making it up that God made us to live with him physically? What happened in the garden? You remember in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve ate the fruit that they weren't supposed to? You remember when after that they're hiding? What does it say about God? Right then, right before, when they're hiding. What? He was looking for them. It says, in the cool of the day, he's walking in the garden, looking for them, calling them out. Now, did God not know where they were? (laughs) Right? But here's the thing. In Genesis 2, actually Genesis 3, God himself in the garden was hanging out with Adam and Eve. And, and it, the way it's written there, it's meant to help us see that that was a normal thing that was happening before they ate the fruit. He, that was kind of the thing, that he would come and hang out with them. And then we know what happens in the rest of Genesis 3, and it's all bad. But if you take the end of the book, Revelation like chapters 21 and 22, it describes God being with his people and a river flowing from a tree of life. That you read, go and read Revelation 21 and 22 this week. Read chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis and then read the last two chapters of Revelation. And your mind should see when you get to Revelation, this sounds like Eden on steroids. That's the idea. The whole goal God is moving us towards is to know, love, live with him. Heaven's not going to be boring, folks, because we're not going to be sitting around on clouds playing harps. It's going to be Eden perfect, which Eden was, but no chance for failure. You're going to be hanging out with God, living, enjoying him forever. That's what that does. But 1 Peter 3.18 Helps us, hang on, thanks Aaron. (laughs) It helps us see, right near the end there, why Jesus had to die. And we're going to get to that in a future question, but there's this little tiny phrase in this verse that Aaron's about to read. Go ahead. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but may lie in the spirit. Did you catch that? That, it says, he did this and this and this that he might bring us to God. So you were made to be with God, and because everything gets messed up by sin in the garden and then carries through, Jesus came to fix that so that we can live out our purpose. Okay, last part of that phrase, and glorify him, multiple passages through the Bible, but probably the classic one here. 1 Corinthians 10.31, we'll read that real loud. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do 
what you're made to do. Whether you're drinking, eating, or whatever you do, you are made to do everything to show that God is great. Okay. That's where it says it in the Word. We see what it means. We'll take some questions here in a second. Let's read it together again. How and why did God create us? God created us male and female in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. All right, so just a couple of questions points of why I think this at least matters at least and I'll open it up for questions and why else you think it matters if there's anything else so first point of why does this really matter think about this why are people so unhappy these days in light of what we just learned about why do you think they're so unhappy in light of this question I mean there's other reasons you can come up with but in light of this question what why are people so unhappy They've lost their purpose. In fact, they may not even know their purpose. That's exactly right, Amanda. This matters because people are trying to figure out why they're here. They're trying to figure out why they exist. So the question for you why this matters is, is are you fulfilling your purpose for existence? Go back and think through that question You know, when people hang out with me, do they feel like they want to know more about God or do they feel like they just want to get away from me? (laughs) Say again. They're striving after the corruptible. They are. They're striving after the corruptible. They think that that statue or that image is the thing that they should go after. Like... If I just, this, this thing in itself is what will make me happy, they totally missed it. Like, you're going to find out that almost every sermon or Sunday school I do, teaching, I tend to somehow gravitate back towards ice cream. <laughs> I don't know why, but maybe it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> A pint of really, really good ice cream is a gift from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. But the ice cream in itself is not meant to be the thing that I'll find my happiness in. When I experience that elation, that even that sugar chemical reaction of happiness, when I eat ice cream, that is meant to say there is a good God who makes these kinds of things. But we can think about everything good that you enjoy. Those are things that are meant to show us there's a good God. And he has made me to give him the glory. So ice cream can give God glory when I attribute, oh, there's a good God. That's real, real practical. So think about anything you think of. All right, so are we more than skin and bones? That's why this matters, because people have this this crisis of why am I here? If the answer is that you've not been created, there's no reason for anything other like laws. Why? What's the point? There's no reason for it. 
I should do whatever I want to do until I go to the grave because there's no reason for my existence. But this is saying there is a reason for my existence, right? It's saying that you were made for a purpose. And when you know that you're made for a purpose, now you've got some, you know that you're more than just cells and matter put together that are going to go to a grave. Okay, finally, another reason, not finally, but last reason I want to just talk about before I open it up to you guys for a couple minutes is our world is very confused about this topic of male and female. God, God made us this way, it says, and in the scripture. And this understanding this is super important for us, not just to give us a foundation, but to use these conversations to show compassion. Because I do think because of what happened in Genesis 3 with Adam and Eve sinning, and God saying the cursed is going to be the ground, and in pain you're going to deliver children, I do know that our, that means that our brains are broken. And there are people who feel, feel like they are in the wrong body. And that's because of what happened in Genesis 3. And your job is to show compassion and not say, well, just change that. That's not what that leads us to. It should lead us to gospel conversations to say, you know what? I have all kinds of crazy things that I struggle with, too. And it's hard in this sinful world, but God has a purpose for you. Trust me. And go that direction with it. It's not to say, well, then try to change it. Because as much as you want to try to change it, you're not going to be able to change that chromosome. You cannot change it. It's who God made you to be. But God made you with a purpose. And when, these, when people are confused with that, our first inclination should not be judgment. It should be compassion. Because you yourself have longings for things that you won't even tell us about because it's so weird sometimes. You're like, ah, I hope nobody ever. And you're like, get that thought away. That's bizarre. If you're going to be honest with yourself, does that mean you're going to act on weird thoughts? Well, by God's grace, you try not to. And so we need to help them see that we're in this curse of sin and need help. And there's a God who made you and can give you hope. Any other things that thoughts that in your mind, like why does this whole catechism, let me just flip it back so we can see it. Why else does this matter? And, or maybe what questions do you have? I have a comment. Yeah, go ahead, Donna. I love it. I love it. That's great. God, God asks questions like that for that you, so you know. It's often, sometimes to convict, right? <laughs> sometimes it's just so that you know where you're at. Good. So if I heard you right, you said, is it possible that by knowing God better, I'll know myself better? Nailed it. <laughs> Mic drop. That's it, right? If you're so, if we get our eyes off of ourselves and I want to know God, now I'm going to actually start to understand myself better. Either by contrast, 
of, whoa, I don't measure up to this God, but yet he loves me, right? Or understanding why I'm different than my dog. (laughs) Dogs are great. I love them. (laughs) Right? Oh, I don't know about that. She said, somebody said cats. (laughs) Seriously, though, right? God, if you want to know yourself better and understand why you're here, get to know your God.